0: You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Hey everybody, Jeff here. We recently posted our 25th episode. So today, I thought I might share with you some of my reflections from the conversations I've had so far with some pretty remarkable couples. As I've conversed with these couples, I often thought about the work of Helen Fisher, the biological anthropologist who did a research study by taking couples who have been together on average 21 years through a brain scanner. And she and her colleagues found three parts of the brain that got activated among those couples in a happy, long-term marriage. The first is the region of the brain linked to empathy. The second is the region of the brain linked to managing and controlling our own stress. And the third is the region linked with overlooking the negative and emphasizing the positive or what Helen Fisher calls positive illusions. Now let's think together about these three points a little bit more and how we've heard about them throughout our conversations with the 25 couples in this podcast. Again, they're the ability to feel empathy, the ability to manage stress and the ability to overlook the negatives and focus on the positives. First, Let's think about empathy. Empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference. It's the ability to place oneself in another's position. Now, most of us like to think of ourselves as good, empathetic people, but it turns out that having emotional empathy, also known as affective empathy, is perhaps more challenging than we might think. A 2013 study in the Journal of Neuroscience found that humans tend to be pretty darn egocentric. That is, we tend to think mostly about ourselves without much regard to the feelings or desires of others. Our default is to use ourselves as the measuring stick when we view other people. And we tend to think that we're right, and we often project our own emotional state onto others, which can distort our understanding of other people's emotions, especially if they're really different than our own. But the good news is that there's a part of the brain called the right supramarginal gyrus, which is part of the cerebral cortex located near the intersections of the parietal, temporal and frontal lobe. And that part of the brain recognizes when we're demonstrating a lack of empathy and it auto-corrects. That's why if I've been acting like a jerk, if I've been kind of selfish, I will probably snap out of it and realize, oh wow, I need to think more about others and stop being so self-centered. So with this knowledge about the brain, we can take conscious and deliberate steps to reshape our neural circuitry and change the way we interact with those we love. We can practice intentionality when it comes to listening in a way that's loving and kind. But it's not always easy. One of the occupational hazards of being a therapist, for example, is compassion fatigue, On a typical day, maybe I've seen seven clients or so, maybe even led a psychotherapy group. And like all therapists, I try to be fully present and attentive and empathetic with my clients. But at the end of the day, I go home and invariably someone in my family says, Hey, Dad, can we talk? (laughs) And I'm privately thinking to myself, Oh, God, that's the last thing I want to do is talk. And I certainly don't want to listen. I want to veg out. Or after a really hard day, I might want to pour myself a glass of red wine and not deal with another human being the rest of the day. But of course, I don't really have that luxury. Not if I want to keep my husband and my family. I have to reserve some energy throughout the day for my family. And I have to intentionally prepare myself. It's mindfulness practice, really, to go home and say to my husband, who is a teacher, how did the student that you were worried about today do on that exam? Or I have to say to my daughter, how was lacrosse practice today? Or to my son, how did the world geography test go? And then I have to listen and practice empathy. Here's a neat little way to train your brain to be more empathetic. Take just a few minutes each day to practice loving-kindness meditation. It's kind of easy. All you do is sit quietly and send loving and compassionate thoughts. First, to the people that you love, your spouse, family, and friends. Secondly, send loving and compassionate thoughts to someone with whom you might be in tension or conflict with. Third, send positive thoughts to those around the world who you know are suffering. We all read things in the news and we know that there are people all over the world who are really going through a lot of trauma and we can send them loving thoughts as well. And finally, number four, send thoughts to yourself. Be self-compassionate. Forgive yourself. Doing this simple four-step loving-kindness meditation literally rewires your brain by engaging neural connections linked to empathy. Secondly, it's important to manage stress in our relationships. Stress can be thought of as any stimulus that activates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis of the sympathetic nervous system. Stress creates a set of interactions between the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and the adrenal glands. We know that stress affects neurotransmitters in the central nervous system and alters levels of dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. And we know that it even can lead to depression, anxiety, or PTSD if it's long-term. Obviously, managing stress is critical to creating and maintaining healthy relationships and families, but let's face it, being in a relationship or having a family can be really stressful. So many competing demands on our time. Go to the grocery, pay the bills, cook dinner, clean the house, mow the grass, attend parent teacher conferences, cheer for our kids at soccer games. The list goes on and on. So... How do we manage stress? Well, most of us have heard these things before. Regular exercise, a healthy diet, and relaxation techniques. Things like meditation are certainly important. And the research tells us that laughter is also vital. Someone once said that adults are really just children grown tall. So we all need to make sure that we laugh And we don't lose the art of playfulness in our connections with others. Finally, according to Fisher's study and others, we need to focus on the positive. And by the way, that's not the same thing as ignoring problems. Healthy couples know that there's a time and a place and a productive way to talk about their problems or any hurt feelings or anger that might arise. But at the same time, they train themselves to pay more attention to what is going well in their lives because they know in doing so, it both increases happiness and strengthens their connections. Psychologist and relationship researcher John Gottman found that happy and healthy couples have approximately five positive interactions to every negative one. And that this five to one positive to negative ratio creates what he calls positive sentiment override. Now, on the surface, that might just sound nice and fluffy, but it's actually a crucial part of relationship resilience. Why? Because, for instance, I love my husband, but I'm not always going to be happy with him. In fact, sometimes I might get really upset, but if we have this five to one ratio, then a deeper part of my brain knows that we're going to be okay because we've been creating a well of goodwill that we can draw from and hold on to a sense of felt security, even in the midst of unpleasant and uncomfortable conflict. However, if it's the opposite, If our negatives outweigh our positives on a daily basis, then we're skating on thin ice because the well is dry and we feel depleted and we have nothing left in our emotional bank account to get us through the rough patches. Focusing on the positives sounds easy, but in reality, it's surprisingly hard for most of us to do. It's interesting that we don't need any practice whatsoever in noticing our spouse's faults and mistakes. Most of us are onto their airs like flies on honey, and to make matters worse, we usually tell them in no uncertain terms just how much they've messed up. But remember, the law of negative reactivity says that if you approach a person with negativity and judgment and criticism, they're going to respond negatively to you just about 100% of the time. On the other hand, the law of positive reciprocity says that when you approach others with kindness and compassion, they're going to respond to you in ways that are kind and compassionate about 70% of the time. Sometimes they're going to be in a bad mood no matter what you do But 70% of the time, they're going to respond to you in a positive way as well, and those aren't bad odds. So here's a simple exercise that rewires neural pathways and changes our relationships for the better rather quickly. Each morning when you get up, tell yourself, today I'm going to catch my partner getting it right at least once, and then I'm going to tell them about it. I'm going to thank them for it. For instance, I'm going to notice when my husband is listening attentively, and I'm going to say, Wow, I really felt cared for just now by the way you listened to me so carefully. Or I'm going to notice if he's making an effort around the house to help out more, and I'm going to thank him for it. My brain, out of habit, may still notice things that are irritating me, but instead of perseverating on those things, I'm going to train my eyes to see all the things my spouse does well. And at least two things happen the more I practice this mindfulness technique. The first is that because I'm focused on the positive, I notice more positives. My brain literally learns how to see the good in things and in other people rather than the bad. Secondly, My spouse responds by doing more of those positive things because everyone likes to feel appreciated and it feels good to be noticed in a positive light. So today in your relationships, focus on empathy, manage your stress, and do your best not only to focus on the positive, but to create positive moments intentionally. Doing so not only releases stress in the moment, it often creates wonderful memories, stories you can tell again and again with great pleasure. Allow me to close today, if you will, with one of those stories from my life. Years ago, my husband Gary and I adopted our first of three children. We had just gotten back a few months before From China with our son. And now he was five years old and it was Christmas time. And being our first child and the first Christmas as a family, we went nuts. We bought that kid every toy known to mankind. But his favorite gift was a set of plastic swords that I bought at Target. I think I paid $7.99 for them. He loved those little swords, and we chased each other around the house all Christmas morning. We climbed on the back of furniture and on the back of chairs, and we took blankets and put it around our backs as if they were capes, and we became knights and emperors. We rode make-believe horses, and then at one point, I took my sword and I asked my son to kneel down on one knee. He kind of smirked, and he followed my direction, and I tapped my sword on his left shoulder and then on his right shoulder. Then I tapped my sword on the top of his head, and I said, My son, I now dub you a king. We started to sword fight a little bit more, and about five minutes later, he said to me, Dad, now it's your turn. I want you to get down on one knee. So I followed his direction and he took his sword and he tapped it on my left shoulder. He tapped it on my right shoulder. He tapped it on the top of my head. And then my son said, Dad, I now dub you a queen know any lgbt couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show jeff would love to meet them so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com until next time thanks for listening and have a great week